0: Everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol.
1: Richard Kipling here.
0: And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Well, we finally returned from our travels and are back in the Camp Codger groove. We thought we might be able to cobble together a couple episodes while we were on the road, but we quickly discovered that was easier said than done. Our apologies for those two weeks when there was complete silence coming from the Camp Codger radio network. Mm. Before we bring out the 35mm slide projector and bore you to death with our travel stories, Randy has a few letters from camp he wants to share with you. Randy? Well, you've kind of previewed the first one. It was actually a voicemail.
2: Hey, I didn't even know Camp Codger had a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> we are so
0: high tech.
2: I've heard about this voicemail. I think it's going to catch on, really. I think it's pretty
0: pretty cool, pretty cool.
2: For those of us who,
0: who want to leave a
2: Camp Codger
0: voicemail, the number is... Gary, what's the number? <laughs> the number is 505-216-6171. Really easy to remember. And we'll let you know at the end of the episode about that number again. Wonderful. Well, somebody called us, and they left a voice message.
2: And they said, hey, you guys, I've just been worried because I'm a huge fan of Camp Codger and nothing's coming on. So especially because we're all older, I know that there could be a problem. So just hoping that everything's okay with you guys. Sure miss you. Bye-bye.
0: <laughs> that's, that's great. And this great. is from, uh, from who?
2: Well, she or he didn't leave a name, so we have no idea. A mystery listener. Oh, somebody so who
0: cares about
2: us, too. I know, I know. Isn't that great? Thank you, mystery listener. And uh, <laughs> we're back. And if you haven't heard this story already, uh, Gary alluded to it. We were all on the road. We were all out there in vacation land at the same time. For some reason, the Codgers didn't talk to each other before all these plans were made. So uh, we're going to talk about that on the show today, where we've been and what we've been doing. (laughs) We've got two great comments. The first one is about our How to Be Happy show. And our listener, Hugh Willard, says, Great revisit on happiness, guys. We can never have too many reminders. All good stuff, especially Richard's nod to listening. Keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Hugh, and we will try to do that. We got a comment on the golden bachelor and senior dating from Roger Smith. He says, hi, guys, welcome back. Richard, I hope you and Allison have great weather on your trip back to Santa Fe. (laughs) Regarding the latest podcast on senior dating, I have a piece of advice I picked up from Steve Lopez, one of your previous guests. Steve was in Palm Springs doing some reporting on senior dating at a popular senior dating slash pickup bar Mm -hmm. called The Nest. He asked one veteran of the scene for guidance. Don't be a nurse. Don't be a purse, came the reply. Words to date by. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a great observation. So thank you guys, all of you, for sending in comments. Please keep them coming because we love hearing from you.
0: Thanks, Randy. It was completely unplanned, but as Randy said, we all ended up traveling at the same time. Richard was on an extended road trip with his wife, Allison, while Randy and Patty jetted off to Rome and sailed back to the U.S. on the Odyssey of the Seas cruise ship. B and I... Nice, but not as exciting as Randy (laughs) and Richard's trip. Come on, we jumped on a couple of Southwest flights. Hooray, I can't wait to get on another Southwest (laughs) flight. And then flew to LaGuardia, which, if you were planning to travel, is no longer the third world airport it used to be. Anyway, we rented a car and spent two weeks in New England visiting family, friends, and foliage. Randy... You were on, by far and away, the most glamorous journey. Give us a quick recap of your trip. It began with a plane
2: ride from Denver to Atlanta and then Atlanta to Rome. And Rome, Rome, Italy, is one of those cities where it's got a reputation because it may be the most important city in Western civilization history, right? Rome has got so much history and so much going on that you can't just put your finger on it. It's not just one thing. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect out of Rome. It turned out, as I was sitting on a terrace on the fifth floor of this hotel, I took a picture of the flower box, and behind that was the giant monument building built to the gentleman who united italy into one country beyond that was a little glimpse of the coliseum and i, I said this place is amazing i oh, mean boy. in that one picture it kind of summed up my experience because it was more than i thought it was better than i thought hmm. and it was bigger than i thought oh cool nice
1: memories how long were you there
2: Rome. We were only there for four days, and we packed as much in as we could. We took a, a Coliseum tour that included going through the bowels of the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And most people don't know, back in the day, like the year 100, when, when it was new and shiny <laughs> <laughs> and open for business, there were two levels underneath the sand floor. And we got to walk through the remains of those. Fascinating stuff. Just so much to see. I would go back in a heartbeat because we only scratched the
0: surface. You're going to tell us more about your cruise part of your trip later in the show, I'll bet. I promise. So, Richard, there's nothing like a road trip. Tell our listeners about your trip.
1: You're right. Nothing. Absolutely nothing like a 43-day road trip in a little teardrop trailer. It was... (laughs) Long. It was very, very long. It was more than 5,000 miles long by the time we got back. It was wonderful, long, and unforgettable. That's all I'm going to say to introduce (laughs) things. Unforgettable.
0: Well, I've already told you about my relatively boring trip compared to the excitement you guys had. It's always fun to revisit our travel in terms of highlights and sometimes lowlights. Anyway, Richard, tell us about your most memorable highlights.
1: Well, there were, as you can guess, a lot of highlights, but one of them that really got me was when we pulled into the Devil's Tower National Park, or National Monument, I think it is, at the northeast tip of Wyoming. You'll recall that this tower is the star of the Spielberg movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's where the aliens come to Earth. Well, It is just eerily beautiful, a very stark place. There's no other tower or anything else around it for miles, so it's just there. We rolled in in the afternoon with this 700-foot-plus mountain right in front of us. It was a beautiful day. We took in the site. We made dinner. We went to bed. I was anxious to get up the next morning and explore the area around and up to the tower. I jumped out of the trailer, and it had disappeared. The tower had disappeared it was shrouded in fog. That blanket did not disappear until almost noon. I thought something very Third (laughs) Encounter-ish had taken place. It was so eerie. Oh boy. And the last thing about this one is that that's one of those places you can really only experience with a trailer. There are no hotels or motels around there or close to there. You got to go out of your way to get it. The northeast corner of Wyoming, it was pretty special.
0: It's a great campground. And it's, as you say, the backdrop is just fascinating. We did it several years ago and enjoyed it immensely. Randy, your most memorable highlights? Well, there's so many. <laughs> but I'm going to
2: jump from Rome to the cruise. Hadn't been on a cruise for nine years. Patty and I decided to go with the flow. Our dear friends, who are now our, our in laws, John and Kathy, their son married our daughter a few weeks ago. Kathy and Patty have known each other for like 50 years, so this is a really interesting combination of friendship and now family by marriage. But they, they suggested that we join them on this cruise. So we said, sure. One of the highlights of my trip with my new in-laws by marriage was one of the stops on the cruise ship. As, as the ship kind of meandered through the Mediterranean, was a stop at Nice, France, very famous beach town in southern France. In the same day, we toured Nice, and then we got on this bus, and it took us to Monaco. And Monaco, if you don't know where that is, it's kind of surrounded by France, but it's basically known as, as a setting for a James Bond mm-hmm. movie or two. The casino in Monaco is this like internationally famous place where the rich and the famous hang out. We did this little tour through Monaco, and it was just thrilling and bizarre and wonderful and familiar in a weird way because I've seen some of this on movies. Is that where
1: Grace Kelly she married the prince? Of yes, Monaco? was we, that right? We went oh. to that,
2: that cathedral where she was married. It's a city that's surrounded by France. There's no wide open space in Monaco. Monte Carlo is the richy rich part of it. And that's where the casino is. Mm -hmm. But it really kind of is just one giant cool place. Urban in in a very European way.
0: That sounds pretty neat. I'll have to say we didn't go traveling to see places as much as to see friends and family. So I'd have to say my highlight... Was actually about being part of this family gathering. Mm-hmm. Bee's family is this amazing family. There's nine siblings still alive, and they still love each other. <laughs> I'm taken aback when I'm in that group, and they have a great times. Six of the siblings were there for a birthday party. It was just mm-hmm. a birthday party. They came from Hawaii, they came from Santa Fe, like we did from all around New England. And It was a great time, and I got to be part of that. I thought that was pretty cool to be part of a family that had such a good time when they're all together. And they made me part of the family, and they've been really good about it over the years. Now, I do have a sneak preview about being part of that gaggle of Zolos, which led to a memorable misadventure, which we'll get to soon. What
2: a great thing to use vacation time to reconnect with family in the past i mean in our younger years that probably dominated uh what we considered a vacation right right it certainly did when i was a kid we didn't go places as much as we went to see people that's right right right.
0: and that does make a difference we do go places to see things see places more than we actually go to see people and to be with people so it's a good thing i i enjoyed it immensely How about another round of highlights? Richard, what do you have as number two in your list of highlights?
1: One of the things that I really like, and Allison likes it too, is visiting college and university campuses, just seeing these campuses. We went to four different campuses on this 43-day trip.
0: (laughs) Really? Richard, how long was that trip?
1: (laughs) 43 days. We went to Colorado State University. We went to Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's a fabulous quintessential university city and a great university. We went to Oberlin College in Ohio, a major stop on the Underground Railroad and during the Civil War and a wonderful conservatory of music there. And Then we went, of course, to the University of Virginia, Thomas Jefferson's creation. What a gorgeous campus that is. And that was definitely a highlight.
0: Randy, uh, what about you? I'm going to pull one
2: out of my hat that is going to surprise you because, number one, I had never been on a cruise that lasted 15 days before. And that's a whole world in and of itself. We sailed at the end of October and we spent Halloween on the cruise ship. One of the things that we did was We dressed up for Halloween. And let me tell you, there were 4,000 people on this cruise ship. But it was so much fun because there were so many people into it. There were so many people dressed up. So, Patty and I entered the costume contest along with our friends Kathy and John. We both, as couples, made the finals in the couples category. (laughs) They were dressed up as Caesar and Cleopatra. Of course, in the real world, never met each other, but nobody knew that on the cruise ship. (laughs) Patty and I were, so we were Al Capone and a flapper girl. We entered a contest and there was a parade through the promenade deck and everybody was cheering and we were waving. It was just, it was ridiculous and it was fun. Mm. And I haven't had that much fun
0: in a Halloween setting in so long. That's great. That's an event. Events and people are kind of interesting, aren't they? My final memorable highlight, I was really debating between going to New York City since I haven't been there for a long time. We went to the Met. Seeing New England with the fall peepers. We're going to Acadia National Park. And I kind of came down to Acadia National Park. I'd never been there. And it's really fascinating when you come from the West to go to a national park on the East Coast, particularly one so close in. It was on the water. You get to the top of Cadillac Mountain, another misadventure story I can tell you about. (laughs) And you get these great views. It's really wonderful. But you can drive across the park in 15 minutes. You go from one little town, cross through the park, and 15 minutes later, you're in Bar Harbor. In the West, you've got to drive for two hours to get across some of our parks. I mean, we got serious parks out here
1: in the West. Come on. Anyway, I enjoyed Eucadia National Park. That sounds great. Well, I can tell you, you know, Yellowstone National Park, which we traversed, is 2 million square miles.
0: It was really good to see in a historic park like Acadia because the history behind it is really fascinating thanks for the highlights guys but on most trips we have the occasional misadventure or two that we will never forget Randy any travel mishaps to report absolutely none (laughs) what could go
2: wrong (laughs) we went to five countries in three weeks nothing possibly could go wrong
0: Well, that's a good way to say
2: (laughs) nothing like a cruise to stay away from mishap. You know what? I enjoyed the cruise experience partly because the way we do cities, you know, we go to a a place and we schedule the heck out of it so that we can see as much as possible. Because there's so many things in, in in a town or a city that you've never been to. And a cruise ship is exactly the opposite. You know, whatever's going on is planned by, you know, the company that owns the boat. And I enjoyed the contrast. I enjoyed the contrast a lot. So rather than focus on something that didn't quite work, I am just kind of focusing on, man, the variety and and the bookends of what travel can be. When you go from a city like Rome to a cruise ship, that's a really nice contrast. It's
0: different, for sure. So Richard, any mishaps in your trip?
1: I'm focusing on the lowlights, Randy, the lowlight. <laughs> <laughs> and my lowlight came pretty early on. Our first night out, we stayed in a hotel, and then we traversed Wyoming, southeast to northwest, up to the Grand Tetons, and stayed in a national forest camp that had already closed for the season. There were no facilities. There was no electricity. There was no water. There was no anything except... Giant signs every 10 feet in red that said, beware, grizzlies are in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh God. So every night you go to the bathroom, which was 50, 75 yards away in the pitch black, knowing these signs are every 10 feet saying grizzlies are right next door, or maybe they're at your door. I was a, a kind of a nervous Nelly the whole four nights <laughs> of the beginning of our trip. It really set the stage for the rest of the trip. That was my low light, really, the low light that started our adventure.
0: Well, I had a little misadventure myself that I mentioned earlier. It's funny in hindsight. At the time, it wasn't very funny. I was with the lovely Zolo family. We'd taken Amtrak up from New Haven to Boston, got off the train, and there were something like 10 of us. I don't know. Way too many for people for one of these random walks through Boston. But it was a pretty day. Had a good time. People drifted off in different directions, but we all reconnected. Then we went to dinner had a nice dinner. After dinner, we realized, oh my God, the train leaves in like 30 minutes. And we're in the North end of Boston. We have to hike down to the South Station. Now, I don't know Boston that well. In fact, none of us knew Boston that well, because pretty soon out of 10 people, we had two guides with their phones. One guide using one mapping system, another guide using another. And we're wandering the streets and pretty soon this gaggle of Zolos starts drifting off in different directions. Now this is the town that is famous for the Caldecott award-winning children's book, Make Way for Ducklings, where all the ducklings are nicely in a row. Mm -hmm. Not the Zolo family. (laughs) (laughs) They're everywhere. And pretty soon you have to make a decision. Which one are you going to follow? Well, I made a decision. I was going to go with my sister-in-law. It was not a Zolo like myself because she was drifting off by herself. And I'm thinking, I I can't let her go off by herself. It's dark outside. We're trying to catch a train. We're down to minutes left. And pretty soon, we don't know where anybody else is. So I'm standing on this corner with with my sister-in-law, Maureen. And I said, Maureen, where are we? And she's looking at her phone. We don't know where we're at. We think we know how to get to this station. I grab my phone. And I say, "Okay, I'm going to call the other guys. Find out where they're at." I call my wife B, and she's kind of irritated. You might say is a nice way to put it. And she says, "Well, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm getting on the train." Click. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. So, so we're standing on this street corner. In Boston, the train has left the South Station. We thought maybe we could get to another station. We go through a couple of Uber calls. We get into Ubers, get out of Ubers, get back into Ubers. Finally end up at South Station, and the train's already been gone for 15 minutes. The story is almost over. I know this is a long story. So we're standing there thinking, okay, the last train out is gone. What are we going to do now? I'm thinking, we're going to take an Uber to the airport, rent a car, and drive to New Haven. That sounds like a pretty good idea. And then somebody tells us about a bus. We can take a bus from this station all the way down to New Haven and only be about 45 minutes late, amazingly enough. So we bought tickets for the bus, go to the bus, stand in line. Tickets didn't work. kept kept scanning them. It doesn't work. Go away. Go away. Sends, sends us off to stand to one side. <laughs> I finally look at the ticket and said, oh, Jesus, I just bought tickets for tomorrow night.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm out 120 bucks on tickets that I couldn't use. Are any seats left in this? And fortunately, there were. There were four seats left in this bus. And he would take cash, thank goodness. Thank goodness I had cash yeah. because otherwise we wouldn't have been in that bus. <laughs> Long story short, we got on a bus and rode from Boston to New Haven, finally showed up with all the Zolas. You might notice all caught the train. The in-laws were left behind, abandoned in Boston. Oh, so, that's so sad. I know. <laughs> it's a great story. And it gets better in the retelling like all good stories do. <laughs>
1: yeah, but nobody's going to top that low light. That is a real low light.
0: That was a fun one. It sounds like we all had a good time, aside from Gary's low light, his misadventure in Boston, abandoned in Boston. I love that term. That's a title for a book or a movie, Abandoned in Boston. Sleepless in Seattle, Abandoned in Boston. I probably shouldn't ask because I usually threaten to never travel again after I return from a trip. You always remember the bad things. You forget about the good things. You guys have any travel plans to report for next year?
1: I'm never going to travel again. <laughs> You're my kind of
0: guy, Richard.
2: Well, I would understand, Richard, if you decided not to do another trailer. Oh, trip. or travel with Gary. You can travel with Gary if it's, a, you know, a weekend thing, but don't do a Zolo thing with him. Oh, man. <laughs> too and, many
0: people, too many moving moving parts. Exactly. That's the problem. You just can't herd 10 people through a city like Boston. What about you, Randy? Well, I'm going to go to Arizona in the early spring.
2: Maybe we'll do a Camp Codger show from Arizona. That would be fun. My dear wife has a a trip planned for us, and we're going to go to Germany and Austria and Paris. But we had some pent-up travel demand. <laughs> 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 caused, caused COVID and other things. Oh, that's good. And so we're trying to do as much as we can while we can still walk. <laughs> good plan. Very good plan. I do want to do a lot of what you guys have done. A road trip that involves national parks. I think it's a great American adventure. There's so many different adventures you can pick because there's this country's so big i want to do more of that but just to go on record here and patty if you're listening i don't want to do it in a trailer (laughs) i want to go to the national park and stay in a you know nearby motel or maybe even the lodge i love the american experience when it comes to vacationing and national parks and stuff like that
0: We've got actually three road trips planned for next year. No flying. And if I don't get in another plane again for a while, I'm okay with that. Yes. Hallelujah. Airports are just sometimes hard places to be. Anyway, we're going to do a four-week road trip to Florida in the dead of winter, which is a good time to go to Florida with our little trailer. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do our annual trip to Big Bend later on in the spring. Love that trip. It's one of our favorite places. And then we're going to go to, out west to Washington for a couple weeks on, a, on another tour. That's it for us. Well, I think it's time to unplug the slide projector and pack it away <laughs> until we get back from next year's big trip. So any closing thoughts, recommendations, warnings, things to avoid?
1: I have one quick one. We had some issues with Google. Google did not come through for us on a couple of occasions and sent us around in circles. And if Google had been right, our trip had been 30 days, not 43. But <laughs> there you go.
0: You know what it is? The further away you get from Cupertino, the home of Apple, the worse <laughs> Google Maps gets. We had that Google problem in Italy. And um. when we are in Boston, Google was like 90% accurate. The problem is the 10% is why you missed the train. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think lobster rolls are overrated <laughs> we'll call this a warning lobster rolls are definitely overrated and they're really overrated if you stand in line for three hours at red's eats in wiscasset maine and pay 50 dollars for a lobster roll what no it's true it's absolutely true Anyway, for all the lobstermen out there, keep fishing because there's a sucker out there somewhere who's going to pay you 50 bucks for that lobster roll. I've got a different take on this.
2: I've got a suggestion. I mean, let's face it. We've had a lot of fun talking about this and and griping about what didn't work and reveling in what did. But none of us are going to stop traveling hopefully you listeners out there are going to travel as well because it's a great experience. It's a great enrichment in your life. So my advice to all of us, the three of us and everybody out there, when you're packing for a trip, make sure you bring your sense of humor with you (laughs) because there (laughs) are things on your trip that are not going to go the way you thought they were going to go. There are going to be some surprises that don't look good at the time. (laughs) But if you just (laughs) learn to go with the flow, give yourself a little latitude and bring your, your sense of humor, and when you come back, you'll have some great
0: stories. Amen. And don't be afraid to try something different because you've just brought your sense of humor. And when you get to the top of Cadillac Mountain in Acadia National Park and realize you can't walk down because you'll fall to your death. (laughs) Okay, I'm having a grand time. I'm smiling and I'm laughing and we're hitchhiking down from the top of Cadillac Mountain because there was no way we were going to go down those steel rungs across the face of this cliff that we walked up folks it's okay if you leave a comment
2: directed to gary and say gary just stay home for a while we don't want to hear any more about your trip
0: come on it's the misadventures that create all the good stories really they they really are they
1: do they do
0: they're fun stories If you folks have any travel tips, adventures, or better yet, misadventures, because Gary loves a good misadventure, you want to share with our listeners, drop us a line. Before we wrap up, a couple quick corrections. Richard said that Yellowstone National Park was 2 million square miles. Western U.S. parks are big, but not that big. He meant to say acres, not square miles. And if my wife Bea is listening, yes, we are still going to Mexico next month. As I was rattling off the list of road trips planned for next year, I forgot to mention we were actually getting on a plane again for the last trip of 2023. Thanks for listening, and join us next week for another Camp Codger episode. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app, or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505 216 6171.